0: Welcome in. We are back. Episode 44 of Cap and Trade. Live on YouTube. Got Twitter spaces going. On Twitter live. Landry, welcome in, sir. How are you?
1: I'm doing good, man. I'm doing excellent, actually. I'm doing fantastic. Uh, I am, too. I gotta say, my ears are a little busted from that intro, but I guess you're just trying new things. I guess I guess you're all over the place.
0: I am. I just like to like to do things and make make things a little bit different you know trying out new things until we find our until we find the, the best way through this but no nah, i it's it's good to be back it's a lot going on this past shoot past week or so I already got folks hitting the comment section on on YouTube live so appreciate everybody listening in just a ton to get to and for everybody listening in i am in a very good mood
1: uh, yeah and it's uh, the first. you know 1st first.
0: First. I'm always in a good mood just I promised myself I'd be in a better mood today so no just a just a ton to digest this past not only from the weekend with the loss with the Browns and Watson returning and uh you know just lovey finally handling things correctly today a lot of stuff going on this week not only with the Texans and across the league so Landry how how's uh how's things going this week so far for you
1: it's going good man i I really enjoyed this weekend I know that the the game itself was frustrating but i I enjoyed going to a game in which people gave a damn about the ball game um and i I, I don't know how often that's happened the last three years and I'm and that's not a knock I mean when I say give a damn I mean there's just like a, a natural buzz uh you know that with with the game. And I, I feel like we kind of got that on Sunday. There, there was some disappointing stuff that went on. Although the number one pick, you still have the the two the two win cushion uh, there. But I really enjoyed it. I kind of felt a little bit relieved to kind of be able to step away from the anticipation of the Deshaun Watson business. It's still gonna be, you know, one of the first when you're scoreboard watching on a Sunday, it's still gonna be one of the first things you looked at but it did it was nice to be able to just kind of progress past it it was really nice to be able to take it on take it in in the stands i think that's something i'm going to start considering doing uh more often i do like going in the locker room and interviewing players and doing the one-on-ones and that's something i'm probably going to do for the remainder of my career but at this point like what what am i going to do go in there and get a one-on-one with you know someone after a game after you just keep losing Uh, it it, it's it's fun to sit in the stands i'm going to try to keep doing that uh there are a lot of people uh that i got to talk to a lot of listeners a lot of viewers and stuff and i just i just really enjoyed going to a game where the the give a damn factor was really high uh and i thought it was fun um and i'm i'm hoping that eventually we can get to that point um where everyone's as excited about what's going to happen on the field um as they were on Sunday. So that's yeah, what I'm hoping it was, for.
0: It was a blast. I I was in the, in the stands as well. Uh, me and Mike were sitting together. Uh, didn't have the luxury of the front row uh, viewpoint Man. like you had, but we had really good seats. We were right on the 50 up at the, in the 500 section. So we had really good seats, had oh, a good time, cute. a lot of good, that's a lot cute. of good conversations with Mike. Enjoy, enjoy the time with him. But yeah, I mean, it was, Man, I mean, the crowd was hopping, and they did not give up through probably three quarters of booing Watson every chance they got. And it was good. I mean, this is something that the town has been waiting for ever since everything went down, especially when after the trade went down. This this uh, game on the calendar got marked for a lot of fans, and they showed up. And there was a lot of Brown fans, don't get me wrong, but there were a lot of Houston fans that were, were getting after it, and they maintained that energy through a majority of the game until it kind of got out of hand towards the end but you know props to the to the fan base for showing up and letting everybody know their displeasure with him and and you know now it's i think that was the last piece of the whole process of moving on from Watson now that this is over with the team everybody can finally just say okay we're we're done now it's time to move on so that part was exciting the game itself different story you know, losing without without giving up an offensive touchdown is just something that you rarely see. Kyle Allen just looked very, bad. very bad. And, you know, we saw today with Lovey announcing that the team's going to go back to Davis Mills. Hopefully that the benching, the two-week mental reset will uh, benefit him like it did last year. I'm not so confident in that. Um, I think it's more of a, a scheme and play calling thing that, that uh is holding this offense back and it's what
1: a what a what an embarrassing performance by pep hamilton that was pathetic
0: yeah and i've got if we if we get around to it i do have that uh that series in the red zone from the four yard line where they couldn't get it in on four plays i've got that queued up if we end up having time to look at it but it's just why do you
1: want to do that to the people
0: (laughs) just to just to relive it's pretty cut and dry it is cut and dry, I know, but it ended it, it, off
1: 31 four times. That's what I was saying yeah. as soon as they got there. 31 four times. Yeah. The other thing about it is this like, and I, I don't know, you know, there's no, I know you're like an analytic guy, so this kind of bothers you. You don't even like talking about momentum. Um, but there are certain players and there are certain plays over the course of a game where, when someone does something, there's just a a different energy with the crowd, which I think is important in games like that. And Damian Pierce scoring a touchdown. I just think that is as far as like, just there's just like a, it's like contagious energy when he does something. I just feel like that would have, first of all, it was the common sense play. So, so the deeper meaning is not like the, that's not like the, the end all be all, but just Damian Pierce getting in there. I just think you get it. You get a ten score lead with the way Deshaun looked. I, I just think it completely changes things. And that and that's even just ignoring the fact that it was just common sense. That I mean, come on.
0: Yeah, it is what it is. But you know, it's just time to time to move on. But no, it's I, not. there's just no it's way to that, talk that, about it. No, that's what I'm getting to. Is there's just no way this staff is around for next season at this point? I think. You know we we've you know, we've heard McLean say it. We've heard others say it, that they'll clean house. And what does that mean? I know you've asked that he question. He said it was coaching it. staff. Is yeah, what he said, and I
1: said that's not cleaning house. And no, he's like, Yeah, oh, I've been around for. The-. I'm like, Dude, I don't care how bottle. long you've been around. Cleaning, cleaning house houses, is cleaning house. GM,
0: scouts, everything. Thank so, you. So it you know, but I think majority of the fan, you know, majority of the fan base is well on board with that idea that that Lovey is gotten this team out of the mud but is not going to get any better than what it is now even if they had better personnel it might be two or three wins better but this is no way this team's continuing for playoffs with this staff with this play calling and I've, everybody's on board with that so and we got some got oh, a user, gotta block oh. a user got a block a user because they're putting in somebody uh, Hit the comment section with some bad comments. Um, Yeah, what? I did. You have
1: bad comments. What was it, porn? It
0: was a bot. It was a bot putting uh, in some uh, XXX okay. stuff. you stuff. to
1: let the haters have their voice too, Cap. <laughs> That's not a End hater. Skin That's dude. a bot.
0: Um, Sorry, porn it, offends you. Yeah, it doesn't offend me. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, the team's moving back to Davis Mills. We'll see what that means. Going against Dallas, very, very good team who's got a lot of momentum Heading into this week, a lot of, you know, very, very powerful offense, good defense, so it's going to be another challenge. They're 17-point underdogs right now, which I don't even know if they'll be able to cover at this point. I bet on and them. You did or you should, you would? I did. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I just want to – I just
1: think, you know, it just makes it more interesting. You know, I mean, yeah. it gives you something to watch for, something to root for. So, I I took the 17. Me and Lopez made a little small – $20. I might, I might put a little bit more on it, but why not? What do you think the Kansas city spread's going to be 14,
0: 15. If, if they put another performance like they did against Cleveland. Yeah, they'll get the, it'd probably be 15, 14 and a half, 15, I guess. Cause you get that yeah. little two point bump for being at home. Oh, boy.
1: But, In the middle of that. That's the other thing that Cleveland, I actually think it was kind of a, an underrated injury that we didn't really talk about enough, but man, I feel like Injoku could have eaten uh, with Lovey Smith's defense, with how open the middle is. Mm-hmm. I thought it was kind of a big thing that um, they had to go with Bryant instead of Injoku, especially with Deshaun. You know, not a tight ends, a tight end is a quarterback's best friend, uh, and I thought that Injoku would have would would have really feasted. I thought that was kind of a break. Uh, for the Texans and I think Njoku's gonna be back. I wouldn't be shocked to see him and Deshaun develop pretty decent chemistry um very, yeah. very soon.
0: I don't know that he would have maybe had a successful day just because of the rust that Watson exhibited. I mean his accuracy, he was throwing balls into the turf. Yeah, he I mean he couldn't even throw place, swing passes. Stuff. Yeah. So I mean it was I mean that was to be expected and the game will get you that know the bad? game will go down for yeah. I mean it was two years since he's played and I get this and I get the game speed is something you cannot replicate until okay, you get coach. Out
1: there. All right, skip.
0: Yep. So yeah, but that, that should be a good, a good tandem with him and then Amari Cooper and all that. that should be, you know, hopefully they, for their own, for their own sake, they can build up some momentum through the end the year, continue losing by all means as we want the draft pick to be higher, but it'd be a, a, you know, Stefanski should be able to get that offense well running up part of the next year because that defense, on paper, Cleveland looks like a very good defense. But when you yeah, when you get when you get scared of of putting Miles Garrett against Tunsil you know, man, Tunsell just shut him down. And you know, the offensive line actually held up this week. You know, it's I was fairly impressed. They had a few mistakes, especially when uh when folks got down the interior, but for the most part, the offensive line held up. The defense. You know, held up for the most part, but this time it was Frank Ross's squad that had some trouble and, and Kyle Allen coughing up the football. And
1: he doesn't teach them to miss tackles, though. Like they no. like that punt return. Just, no, that's what the punt we return about. was it's perfectly just, played. It was perfectly placed. It was perfectly strategized. He didn't teach them to miss those tackles. You know that. No, was just,
0: I, you don't teach them to miss that tackles. I just think it's just a, another piece of the players. Just they're they're mentality towards this culture this scheme this whatever it may be it's just kind of withering away week by week mm-hmm. and you're going to start to see those little mistakes over and over and over so
1: but man you know where that a, cleveland pick's going right now you know where it's going with them winning a game or two mm-hmm. to Bijan territory mm-hmm. it's going to Bijan territory <laughs> yeah
0: no it's you know The One other thing from the game that I thought was interesting you know, is the third week in a row that Jalen Petrie was back at center field free safety three games in a row. He seems to be in this system, however long that system stays around after the season. He seems to be doing a little bit better there in center field. He's on In the Loop tomorrow, by the way. Yeah, I saw that big deal. He's
1: on In the Loop tomorrow. Odyssey app, Sports Radio 610. Yeah.
0: But uh, no, I mean, there's a lot to get to tonight. We have a, I already had a ton of questions on, on Twitter and uh, and other, you know, a couple of folks DM me some questions, and we got some questions already in the comment section. So we got a lot to get to. But uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about, and I don't think that they would take away play calling duties from Pep Hamilton. I think they're just going to ride that through the end of the year. But is there anybody on this staff that could call plays? on the offensive side of the ball if they were to let go of pep hamilton
1: i mean they would they say ben mcdaniels but he's only been an offensive coordinator one time it was at rutgers a few years ago i don't think it was like remarkable um i that's the only guy that i would even think to know i don't i don't know that they have really like anyone experienced outside of that okay but ben mcdaniels Josh yeah i mean, McDaniels brother
0: yeah i just don't think that there's, there's much there's nobody really in the staff to take over for that so i don't really think there's any chance i think they're just gonna leave the staff in place there's really nothing to gain at this point by letting go of pep and bring in somebody you know letting somebody else play calls cause, call plays because they're just not going to be around for next year anyway so that would be kind of be my take on it. there's been a lot of a lot of folks hit me up on on that if if Tunsil's, I mean Tunsil, if Pep Hampton's going to end up plates for the rest of the year, but what else is going on? So we have Blake Cashman get a one-year extension. Good for him. One point eight million, special teamer, depth of linebacker, million guarantee. Yeah, you yeah, know, you say he's got the swagger. I don't know that there'll be any more extension candidates. I know no or Thomas. Is, he's getting back to his ways that he was last year, coming off the in- injury. They were talking about getting him extended towards the first of the year, but I think the team's kind of a little capped out at this point. Maybe they can get him – maybe they do the extension towards right at the end of the year or something like that. But, uh, no, there's – let me see here. I had some uh, – okay, those are all NFL things. We'll get to those in a little bit. So, a couple questions. I know a lot of folks have been talking about Casario, especially today, in the last few days. Like I mentioned, a week or so ago, the villain tag will will shift over to Casario and it looks like that's kind of happened. And I just don't see any way that this team moves on from Casario in the offseason. I think he is gonna get one more shot. He's gonna get a third the rare third chance at selecting a head coach that rarely happens for a GM. There's a lot of reports out there, a lot of I don't I don't know if the rumors are truths or what, but that he didn't really have his hand in the first two hiring coach and the head coaches that were hired weren't fully his selections per se. And so maybe this third time around, which is
1: disgraceful, but yeah, yeah. if
0: that's the truth, that's, that's, you know, it's another, another stab at this organization, the way they're doing things, but you know, maybe he finally gets to, to hire the head coach of his choosing. And I think he's, it's going to be, 23 is going to be ride or die for him if he's not if if he's not showing any improvement with the roster if the team is not starting to win games then i think 2023 could be his last year but for everybody asking in my opinion we'll get landry's take on it as well as i don't think there's any way that they're going to move on from move on from casario at this point
1: yeah i would agree i i wouldn't bet on it um i not against bringing back casario as a matter of fact i'm okay with it. Um, I do think there, and I've said this a hundred times, I'm going to say it until we know he's coming back. There does need to be proactive evaluation mm-hmm. um, of him. I will say this though, and this is just, and I know Lock and Fora is the one who put out the uh, report, which, yes. I mean, you take you take that with an extra grain of salt because I don't know, his batting average is worse than Martin Maldonado's, I think, in being right. Yeah. Um, but I will say, like, if, if we are in a division where frank wright can get fired and john robinson can get fired then it's not the craziest thing for nick casario to get fired you know what i mean like when you saw that frank wright got fired you were kind of like damn really although jim ursay is a nut job uh so you do have to take that into account but you see john robinson get fired kind of a power struggle with the coach but as far as like the performance that those two guys had, and I know that Casario, it was kind of stacked against them the first two years, and you're kind of trying to get through the mud. But if I were just a casual fan, let's just put it this way like if I were just outside of Houston or even someone in Houston, with if those two things can happen, then Nick Casario getting fired would not be like the wildest thing. Uh, you know what I mean?
0: No, I don't think it would be overly outrageous. I just don't think it makes sense, especially the way he handled the the Watson trade and build up all that equity. You know, you've got to at least give him a shot at using some of job. that equity. Yeah, he did no, a good job. Didn't.
1: Yeah. The so one thing I, th- I would say is, um, if you could get Will McClay from Dallas, I would do it. I would give him a blank check. Well, I don't think yeah, he's going to yeah. leave Dallas, but no. I think w- I think with all these GM openings, I would give Will McClay a blank check. Um, he's had four job promotions since he's been there in 09. They scout their asses off. They draft their asses off. Um, and he's a Houston guy. Um, I don't think he's going to leave. I don't think Jerry's going to let him leave. I actually think it's good that Jerry Jones is kind of like willing to fall on the sword for him. But if you could get Will McClay, I think that would be pretty, pretty freaking awesome. The one thing for Casario though, is he's going to have to draft well. And, and it's really early to evaluate these rookies, but, like I, I said this earlier today on uh, locker room on YouTube. Subscribe, please. Um, if you look at the guys, like three of his most important picks um, Kenning Green, Derek Stingley, and Nico Collins, guys who played the same position and went like shortly after. They're performing at higher levels. It it can change, but they're performing at higher levels. Like he traded up for Nico Collins. He was very aggressive about it. And there are some variables with Nico Collins. I know, you know, the quarterback Davis Mills has missed him a couple of times. Kyle Allen missed him a couple of times when he was open. So, and I like Nico Collins, but St. Brown is a much better player than Nico Collins uh, with the, uh, with the lions. I, I, I don't think too many people would dispute that. So you had someone at the same position go, and he seems like a better guy. Uh, we don't—I don't know how the Sauce Stingley thing is going to go. I do think the circumstances uh, favor Sauce, but people who study the draft more than me—and I—I was talking to Jeff Cavanaugh, who I think watches more tape than anyone. Um, and I—I I trust his opinion, and I trust other guys who I talk to opinion that are crunching tape. I'm not a tape guy. I've never pretended to be. Um, I just watch a lot of effing football. They 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 say they like sauce more than Stingley to begin with. Like they they say it was a no-brainer and they seem to think that it's only gonna look worse and worse as time goes on. It's not gonna look better, which is fine. I'm not saying that I agree. I'm just saying if that does happen, that's gonna be something that's really concerning. And then the Kenyon Green thing, good God, like I mean, Linderbaum went after him. You can't stop the run. Jordan Davis goes to the goes to the Eagles like. You, you can't have stuff like that happen Um, because that's the most important thing that Casario is going to have to do. I'm not going to condemn the drafts. I'm just saying it is kind of like, uh, okay, I'm on St. Brown. Oh, he's going to probably about 1150 yards, 1200 yards this year. Um, And sauce Gardner. Oh, one of the best rookies you've ever seen at cornerback. Okay.
2: All righty. Uh, like it,
1: well, let let
0: on Sauce versus Stingley, what would happen if Gardner was here in this system and Stingley no. was in the Jet system? That's fair. I think you would have similar results.
1: That's fair. Uh, and I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I've I've said that I agree with that. That's I'm just fair. saying that yeah, people. I'm fair. just saying that people who people who followed it a lot closer than me thought mm-hmm. that Sauce was the guy. Yeah. And they they come in a way even more impressed. But I agree. I I don't think Sauce would be. Sauce would not be having that type of year here. I think we can agree on that. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see how good he can draft.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's he's gonna have uh, have plenty of ammunition at his disposal, and it'll be tons. A lot of lot of talk, lot of talk on the timeline all week long. Last week, and it will go on for the next four months of what should be done at the number one pick. Whether it's Bryce should we stop Young, stop the Caleb Williams or- crap. Oh, wait, waiting for a year just for that?
1: Stop. Just stop. I don't, y'all y'all are wearing me out with that. And it's got to, come on, like, let's let's chill out. I mean, Let, it, let's I, relax. Don't,
0: I don't understand. Yeah, I mean, things can change dramatically between now and then. We've seen it happen with other players. So just focus on what's available in the upcoming draft. And if tradeback is what Casario deems appropriate and drafting, a you know, a quarterback later in the first round or just avoiding it and going with a a veteran bridge type option that may, you know, whatever he sees fit, that's that's fine. I disagree with it. I think Bryce Young is the way to go. But you know, I think it's you don't mess around with this. Don't don't get cute with it and take the take the quarterback and move and start building up around him. You got plenty of other plenty of other draft picks this year, next year too, to continue that that methodology and building up this roster. But it's it's going to be a very long. It's already been long going so far. It's going to be another long four months in terms of what should be done at number one and how the team will handle that. Um, if you're listening in, make sure you hit your uh, post your comments up. Any questions, concerns, comments? We're live on YouTube.
1: You're in a way better mood, man. I, I think know. I got
0: to I, you. That's Twitter leadership space right there. Gone. We got some folks that have requested the usual. Ooh, Chuck wants to talk. Leonidas wants to talk. So we'll try to get to everything we can tonight. Since, as Landry noted, I'm in a much—I'm in a good mood. I'm—I'm I'm always in a good mood. I'm just trying to display it a little bit better today. But a lot of comments coming in, so I really appreciate everybody listening in. And we'll uh, got a few other things to talk on, but you know, we'll let the folks kind of get in here, and uh, we'll uh, let's see here, if, if I can remember how to do this here, we'll go over to Chuck over on Twitter Spaces, let him. Voice has wonderful concern. Good evening, Chuck.
2: Hey, gentlemen. Good evening. Good evening. Hey, uh, you know, Landry, I have a love hate with you. To be honest with you, um, with, with some of the things you do, but but I'll tell you what, man, you put it out there, and you and you, you got it. You know, as far as put out your moxie, I appreciate that. I I just want to get your opinion. And, and Cap, Cap, and I go back and forth about Casario. I I just don't understand why everybody is just down Casario right away. Maybe it's the Patriot uh, type of, I guess, exhaustion, so to speak. But, damn, guys, dude's been here for less than two years, one and a half seasons. Watson rolled on him. I don't understand why everybody wants to get rid of Casario. And, and and Cap knows, man. I'm, I'm, I'm all over the Casario train, kind of like how you were on the McCown train for a hot minute. But mm-hmm. seriously, man. How I mean, does that look now,
1: by the way? Was McCown the right choice after? No, i just kidding. Go ahead.
2: <laughs> I, I, I just love that. I, I just love listening to McCown train when you when you got that together. That was one of the epic moments. But, I mean, honestly, guys, I I I, I hear some back and forth about it. I, I don't understand why dude gets like a year and a half. I, I agree with you guys or about, you know, he probably didn't have a choice of coach. But man, there ain't nobody GM wise that could come in here, do what he's done with what little he had. And I guarantee you, man, with all that scandals going on with with Flores and all that, what coach would really come in here? So I'm gonna jump off on that note. But man, honestly, Casero needs another two full years, two full years, and the drafts they don't they don't come to fruition at least until the first you know, the four years and you have the fifth year option on him for the first rounder. So yeah. I, I just, I'm just, I'm just fed up with that. I think he needs a full two guys.
1: Thanks. Thanks. Thanks Chuck. Yeah. I, I don't like disagree. I mean, I don't really have any issue with, I mean, there, there are little things. I don't have issue with like how getting through the mud these first two years. I just think when you, when you look ahead and you look at the assets and now that you have the assets, how much do you trust Casario to be able to get it done? Um, maybe you trust him a lot. Maybe, maybe you don't. And I've been Casario's biggest proponent. I just think it's a year to year thing and it's a fluid process. And I-, I could understand there being like some concerns about <clears throat> Casario moving forward. Now, as far as the notion that I don't think anyone could do as good as he has, I, I disagree with that wholeheartedly. Uh, I don't, now, does it really matter? Uh, and and could you make a case it's better that they've been this bad this year? I think so, but I mean the Watson trade, I'll give him his props. But some of the other stuff, maybe it's because they're in the situation. But when you look at Justin Britt play last year, and you look at Kamu Grugui Hill play last year, and you say I got and and some other Christian Kirksey and some other guys, you say I need to bring those guys back. Is that an evaluation problem? Uh, when you're paying Reeves Mabin what he's getting paid, I mean, what the hell did you see there? Uh, when you do the Marcus Cannon random ass flip swap, and I think this, some people think this was an Easter B thing, could have been. Um, and you're paying him, what, $7 million this year in dead cap? Is that right, Cap? Or is it five? Something yeah. like that? Yeah, like, that's
0: just it. I mean, yeah. What is that? It was-
1: and yeah. then the Shaq Lawson trade, like you could have just saved seven, $8 million for Bernard McKinney. Like what the hell was that? So, I mean, and you're, you know, Brandon cooks doesn't, he's quit on the team. I mean, if we're just being honest, he's quit on the team. Um, you know, what is that? So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't have, I, I don't think that there it was a good situation where you're going to have a lot of success the first two years. I agree that he didn't have his pick of coaches, but, As you kind of flip the page there, you hear kind of some of the stuff that Casario says. You just you think like if if he's not if he's not the if he's not going to be able to handle these assets, you're screwed. Like you're you're absolutely screwed, and people are just tired of getting screwed. So, yeah, I I think I I think it's reasonable to wonder, you know, what Nick can do we don't even know how he approaches free agency like we don't we don't know and and maybe that's exciting but i don't i don't think yeah, anyone uh, in this town that's followed this team should just give someone 100% trust i i think there i think skepticism should be a very healthy thing uh with what's happened in the past and given the fact that he has some of the same connections of the guys that are responsible for creating this shit show so He's yeah.
0: definitely had his had his share of misses, for sure, and I think it's just more so everybody's focusing on you know he had a lot of cleanup work that he had to do, clean up the salary cap, clean up the roster. He's turned it over, you know. I think those some folks looking at how the do you roster think he cleaned up
1: the cap? I don't I mean think you're the he, cap nerd. I, I've always thought that you I think did he not could have like done it a
0: lot better. I think he, I think he especially the first year. And I don't know if it was a function of, he came in thinking I'll, I will have Watson available to me to play this year. And he spent the way he spent that first year. And it, there was some, you know, the, the Ryan Finley trade for a six, which he never even saw the practice field. I mean, it was just a lot of weird moves and, you know, with the continued one year, two year deals everywhere across the board. And it, I don't know i I really thought and I had said it way back when when we would just started doing spaces and stuff like that, I thought they should have really just cleaned up the cap, put as much dead money as they could, and rebuild the roster and really focus on twenty twenty two but he flooded the roster with all the veterans, spent a lot of cap dollars, a lot of cash. And it's carried over to where we're at this year, where there's very little cap space that's going to be rolled over into 2023. And, I mean, the cap's cleaned up some, but I felt like it was delayed a year. I felt like it could have been cleaned up more in 2021 and not have as the dead cap situation and some of the contracts that you're holding over from for 2022 and the way things have been restructured with certain players is kind of put... Put the team. Yeah, they have a lot of cap space for twenty twenty three, but they do have some very critical decisions to make. You know, L- Laramie Tunsil, he's probably one the biggest priority when it comes to this roster next year. He's got the team leveraged very well. I mean, with the the back to back restructures that Casario done to free up cap space to sign other players, you know, Tunsil's cap numbers ballooned up to a thirty five million dollar cap charge from all the from back to back restructure. So is gonna is literally forcing this team to either move him or extend him. And I think the team is gonna work hard to extend him. And I think that he's gonna become the highest paid left tackle in the league. I think, you know, Trent Williams is at twenty three point one and Bakhtiari, I think, is at twenty three. So I think he's gonna get twenty four, twenty four and a half per year, if not a little bit more. And knows just, how
1: to be a businessman, dude.
0: Yes, he's you gotta respect that. He's done he's done very well for himself and he's he's managed that that situation especially without having a formal agent he's got some very good consultants with him i will say that but he's the man's all about business and i respect it and he is having a amazing season he's probably going to end up being all pro i mean he's very low on pro bowl voting just because that's a function of the record with the team but i just to answer your question no i think he could have done more early in the process to clean things up to get into a better position now versus what the position that they were in. And then re-signing the, the veterans like you were talking about, the Kirksey, the Kamu Hill, the certain players, Justin Britt. You know, bringing those players back just didn't make any sense in, in many people's minds and giving them two-year deals with. So it's just there's been plenty of misses. There's been some good finds, you know, like Steven Nelson, very good cornerback. He's under contract for next year. You know, and some of his draft picks are doing okay, some of them are not. But I just don't think there's enough evidence of the work he's done for the first two years that would suggest not giving him a third year. So that would just be my take on the situation. Hopefully, we'll see a little more aggressiveness when it comes to free agency next year. Like I've said over and over and over, free agency is a very, very difficult thing to navigate. Can It's almost a crapshoot at this point. I mean, you're paying – market level for players that their previous team didn't want to resign or maybe that player just wanted out of that situation but it's very difficult and i've said it over here many many times it's very difficult to find value in free agency and but the team is going to have some cap dollars available so it would be interesting to see where casario's priorities lie in free agency what positions he value does he value coverage more does he value pass rush more is it the New England model where they don't pay wide receivers, but they they you know they paid Brandon Cooks good amount of money, but they might be moving him at the end, in the offseason. Might trade. be, might be. So I you know I'm not fully impressed with Casario as a whole if we were to look at like a thirty thousand foot view of it. But I think he's had some good things, and I think he's had some bad mistakes, and some of those may just be first time GM mistakes you know, early on in the process, like you highlighted with Shaq Lawson. And, and so the way, way things were handled, but you know, we'll see, maybe, I don't know if he just needs more help. I know he's, you know, he's kind of, I kind of get that impression that he's like, I'm going to do it myself kind of thing.
1: I got got this guy, which was like O'Brien, which is where the skepticism comes in, you know? Yeah. The the other thing I will say
0: he's got is Lipford and you know, he's more of a pro, uh, pro personnel guy, not,
1: and he had college. Easterby, and Easterby was just a joke. Like he didn't belong as a personnel guy. So I mean, no. he was a. Goofball. Did you see?
0: Did you see him on Sumer Sports tonight? He was on what? Um, the Thomas Dimitrioff uh, company called Sumer Sports. They're uh, they're they're building up a consulting company. It's where Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus. over what So, what did he, what did he do? So they have, they do uh the, they do a YouTube podcast show every week, and, and he was on. Um, he was on tonight. I watched it for about thirty You're minutes. Kidding. No, I'm gonna go back shoot me and watch. That, shoot me that on. link
1: when you when you can. I will Just text it he, to me, please.
0: Man, get ready to hear the words "fixed asset" and "unfixed asset" because he loves that right. term. Yeah. But hey, yeah, shoot
1: me that shoot me that link when you get off yeah, here. I gotta see. I gotta hear this crap. Um, the no. other thing about the right, text that I do, and I don't, I don't think it's unfair because I think they've earned it, but I think you got to take a grain of salt with a lot of people who criticize them. Because the goalpost just constantly gets moved. Like, it's not and, – and, and look, opinions change. Uh, it's a fluid process. But there's a lot of people who, you know, expected them to suck for a certain amount of years, and now all of a sudden it's, well, they should be there, – there is, like, they don't get the benefit of the doubt uh, very often. And, and they don't deserve it, but it does happen, like, when you hear criticism of the Texans. It does happen quite often. And rightfully so, but I do yeah. find that kind of interesting. Like when people are talking about stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yesterday was on tonight, and I, you're were, you're were talking about O'Brien, and when I mentioned, uh, you know, Nick maybe being a kind of I do this myself kind of thing, kind of makes me wonder what's playing out in Tennessee if Mike Vrabel's taking that same path. Trying to, it sounds like he's going to get a lot of power after uh, John Robinson let go. So it'd be interesting to see how that. How that plays out. Um a lot of questions coming in here. A lot of comments. Appreciate everybody listening in.
1: Oh, here's couple... the uh, Easter be on the uh summer sports or whatever.
0: Summer sports, yeah. I'll send you you found it or yeah, I got it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it was interesting. It was an hour long. i I sent a, I sent a question in trying to get Eric to uh, ask him about what was the thought process behind all the one, one and two year contracts behind uh, that him and Casario handed out the first two years, and Eric just either didn't see it or didn't want to ask it, which I understand. But because I, I mean that's a, it's a it's a really good podcast. You know, Thomas Dimitrioff, like we know,
1: it seems boring. It, well, You'd like something it, you would like.
0: It it, it well. That's what I'm trying to say is it's, it's not for everyone. It's, you know, like I said, Thomas, Thomas Dimitrioff, former GM of the, of Atlanta, him and Eric eager hosted, and they get into a lot of philosophical things with team building and, and roster building and things like that. So it is a little bit different viewpoint on things, but it is interesting just to get, at least for me, because that's a lot of stuff that I really, really pay attention to is roster building and, and team culture and how things are evaluated and, and, and how the money is spent, you know, and how it's allocated across the roster. So sometimes they get into that stuff, but Thomas seems to kind of dive off into philosophical things quite a bit, but for the most part, but yeah, if you, if you're interested in hearing that, that's the first time I've seen Jack uh, public beyond that weird little podcast he hit up, up in Philadelphia out of nowhere. But um, yeah, encourage you to go find that. So we'll hit up some of the questions was got coming in here, so still early to gauge. But what tier would you rank the Houston's, Hud coaching gig among the other candidates? Indy, Denver, or maybe Vegas? Doesn't sound like Vegas is going to make a change, according to uh, the folks out there. That uh, Mark Davis can't afford to <laughs> to pay McDaniels and another head coach. I think that's a little bit of a little bit of uh non truth there, but. It, it just it really is going to be dependent upon a the pay you you're probably going to have to overpay for a head coach and you know what's how they're going to work with Casario I don't know what the expectation is going to be of a head coach coming in and working with Casario how much say they're going to have things like that and I think you know Casario I think said it today or yesterday on on one of the the Houston the Texans radios. Stuff that he, you know, he stands back. He lets lovey decide who's on, who's on game day, who's active, who plays where, what the play calling is. Casario doesn't get, doesn't push any of that stuff. But I think that's the big thing: is what level of interaction is the coach going to have? What level of input is the coach going to have when it comes to personnel and roster building with Casario? As for like the tier that would rank up, I mean, it. I th- I think it's better than Indy you see how crazy Jim Merce can be and how unhinged he can be sometimes and Denver I think is probably a little more stable condition you know George Patton's a very good very good GM over there despite the Russell Wilson contract and then the new owners are going to be flush with cash over there with the Walmart family so I think Denver you know that from that standpoint it's not a big deal for them and they have a very good young defense to build around so I would say Denver is probably going to be the more popular destination if if a coach is willing to work with Russell Wilson for the next two years. Indy, I would put below Houston, just like I said, with Irsay. And then on top of that, the Colts and Irsay are generally one of the bottom spenders in terms of cash on the roster year over year. They, uh, I think Chris Ballard's been a little, little hindered with cash spending up there. I don't think he's been able to spend – and go as aggressive in free agency as would have liked to have been and I think Cal McNair despite what people may think that dude spends money on this on this organization not only on just the roster he's been one of the top spenders the last 3 or 4 years on the on the roster alone but he spends a ton of money on the facility and more so than I think his his dad did And Landry you may have a different you may have a little more insight into that but I think I think it's still a fairly popular popular uh situation for potential head coaches not alone just with it's almost not it's almost like a clean slate with the roster and, and with the additional draft picks that they may have have the chance to draft the quarterback of you know he- heavy input into the draft pick for number one overall if it's a quarterback so I think you put all those things together still a very appealing position opportunity
1: yeah I mean I think asset wise it's as good as it can be I mean' as, as good as a as attractive of a gig as you can have asset wise um how do people feel about nick and how do people feel about the McNair's? is the question um i don't know i don't i don't know how coaches look at you know potentially working with casario i don't think he has like a bad reputation i think he might be kind of a picky I, i i think he might have potential to be picky uh when it comes to the head coach but it's not at all what it was like the last two years i don't think firing two guys uh After, you know, one season consecutively, I don't think that really matters too much. Uh, But asset-wise, I don't think you can – I don't think you could ask for more. Three top picks in the top 32, likely 1-1. The cap space, I think it's very attractive. Um, I would say Los Angeles is probably going to be the most attractive. I think that's going to be Sean Payton. I think Sean Payton's going to go to L.A. Um, Denver. Don't know what Denver's going to do. Um, they're definitely going to be done with Hackett. You got to think he's going to be done. Um, what other jobs? Indianapolis. <laughs> I mean, who's hiring him? I mean, who, who's even going to be the GM? I mean, there's there's talk that Ballard could be uh, done. Uh, yeah. And I don't, I don't think it would take him too long to get a job Uh I would keep an eye on Dallas and how they end the season because they might get in that Sean Payton sweepstakes too. Um, If they have like another one-and-done type of thing where there's like a disaster like it was last year when they lost to San Francisco, they couldn't get the playoff. I could see Jerry firing Mike McCarthy um, and maybe even promoting one of his assistants. Uh, I think that's an appealing job. They got a really talented roster. Um, But as far as just assets and being able to build, the the Texans are are right – Right near the top.
0: Do you have any sense of whether or not Kell has learned from his disastrous mistakes early on in his ownership tenure? Well, he I mean, fired, I mean, fired
1: Jack. He fired Jack. He fired Bill.
0: Um, I yeah, think. I think he's got a little, maybe a little hesitation of how much you know O'Brien really worked over this organization with the amount of power that he that he gathered through the process, and I don't know if McNair is maybe just a little tentative with, you know, a, the power structure, you know, he really wants to have some input into things, but I think it, at the end of the day, he wants to let his football people run things. So uh, yeah, Landry nailed it with, you know, he let go of Jack Easterby. And I think, you know, Lovey will be let go this off season. And I think the big mistake to learn from is, you know, you got Jack out of the building, but I think, Letting Casario really run the search. Don't bring in that search firm nonsense, things like that. Just let Casario run the run the head coach search and get the guy that you know he feels comfortable with and that will work well with. So yeah, I think for the most part he's learned a few lessons and hopefully he'll continue to improve on those. I mean he's worked his butt off this year trying to get back in front of the fans whether you like the way he's done it or not, but him and a lot of hamburger
1: jokes, a lot of hamburger (laughs) jokes out there and his wife. Uh, why do people get so uh, mad at that? Like, I don't know. I mean, I mean that like, what's the, I mean, no one like acted, I mean, he he was out there with the people like it wasn't,
0: he's, he's been doing, they've been doing, they've done a lot. The new, the new marketing team has put together some, some good, some good things for, cal and and hannah to do and they've been out there on the forefront much more visible in past years much more vocal and so i i I appreciate that as well and i think i think that we'll probably continue to see that you know i think they're they're going to try to make themselves available to the fans as much as they can and um, hopefully they continue to learn learn from their ways what would be the number one trait you guys look at in a head coach
1: I don't Mm. have like a certain type, like some people say offensive, defensive, all that. I don't, I don't have like a certain type. Uh,
0: I just want a good leader who can hire good people.
1: I want to, I want someone that's a little bit new school. Uh, you know, I don't, I'm tired of, I'm I'm tired of these old ass coaches. Um, yeah,
0: the retreads have got to go.
1: Yeah. I'm tired of the old, old school coaches. I would like someone that's a little bit younger, a little bit more innovative. Uh, that's uh that's kinda kinda where I'm at.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's see, we'll hop over to Twitter Spaces. Leonidas has been patiently waiting over there. Always listening in. Leonidas, what you got, sir? Leonidas. All right. we'll, we'll come back to you, man.
1: He didn't appreciate you. He didn't appreciate you making him wait that long. I know. I did make him wait a long time.
0: He'll submit another quest. But uh, I did have a couple of questions come through previous to the show. Let's see. There was one question here. Let me try to find it. So it was more talking about Tunsil. So, yeah, we talked about him already. Yeah. Yeah, we, we covered that. You said he was an all
1: pro, man.
0: He's gonna be all pro. I'm I'm pretty confident he's gonna get one of those four all pro all pro spots. I think him, Trent Williams, maybe Darren Shaw. Trent Williams has been
1: hurt though a lot. But he's still Trent yeah, Williams. He has. But he's still yeah. Trent Williams. Yeah. And God, he was cheap. Lane
0: Johnson. What a trade. <laughs> Golly, I know. That was Wild. What a man! He did some cool stuff in Washington. the The, the helmet one was my favorite thing when he uh, said he couldn't get his helmet on. That's why he couldn't play. That was phenomenal. Um, yeah, man, it was so much this week. So, what did you think about Baker Mayfield? I mean, there was a lot of fans that it was kind of split on the fence. You know, there was some fans that said, "Yeah, bring him in, let's see what happens." There was other folks that didn't even want it. No chance. I didn't from the 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 things that I've heard that the team had no interest, they didn't obviously didn't put in a claim for him, but the team had really no interest in bringing him in. Did you have any interest from your side?
1: Yeah, just because it would have been entertaining, but not not like I don't have like a football unless I mean you think he's better than Mills and you think he's better than Kyle Allen. I don't know that he's better than Mills right now. Um I I don't, but I, you know, just from an entertainment standpoint, I would have enjoyed it. Uh but I can't like sit here and like pound the table. You, you know, the guy that I brought up today on the show that I'm just like, dude, what is going on with this guy? Uh, and it's because Michael Dugar, who does a really good job covering the Seahawks. Uh, he's, he's like the top guy up there. And he's one of the, he's one of the guys who is really, really balanced when it comes to like watching film and stuff. And he's studying up on Carolina for this week, I think. Uh, Cause I think that's who Seattle's got. Dude, Sam Darnold looks freaking good, man. Like, as far as like we talk about all these like veterans and like bringing in guys uh, just to see what's going on. Like, Sam Darnold looks pretty decent. Like, if you just like if, if you're just like watching Sam helping. Darnold, yep. 25 years old, battle tested. Like, I know a lot of people are in the don't draft a quarterback and wait camp, and we hear names like Jimmy Garoppolo, Derek Carr, all that. Sam Darnold might be earning like earning like a chance to go somewhere and compete or maybe be a placeholder. If he keeps playing this way, he looks pretty good.
0: Yeah. He is free agent next year. So <laughs>
1: how would you sell Sam Darnold as Texan starting quarterback? Oof. Tough sell
0: Sam Darnold, Davis mills camp battle.
1: He does look good though. It looks good. Yeah. It looks yeah. okay. Yeah.
0: All right, Leonidas is back. Let's see, if, see if he's ready to talk this time. Go ahead, Leonidas. Take yourself off mute, buddy. Hello? Hello.
3: All right, there we go. Hey, so I've been listening to what your guys were saying, and I agree with y'all about Nick, that if he does mess up with this coaching hire, that he, he might be gone, or if he actually gets cute in this draft, he could be on the hot seat because, you know, when we look at it – um. You know, fans are getting tired. They they when they want to find the villain, villain, because they were they thought Jack was the villain. Now they're they're now they're pointing fingers at Nick. Yeah. So I can see how this could go. Um, as far as Lovey, man, the record is atrocious, atrocious. But the defense, though, it, it bends, but it doesn't break. So I mean, with Lovey, he could have a fighting chance just by saying, "Hey, you know, my defense gave up these many points and stuff like that. You know, our offense really couldn't do anything." And then with Davis Mills, I got a question for y'all for with Davis Mills. If he, he so he sat out for these two games and got benched, just like last season, he he got set down for
0: how many games.
1: A week and a half? Yeah. He got set down a while. It might have been two and a half. Yeah. Yeah. For, if it it was it period, was,
0: yeah, it was a short period. It wasn't long before Tyrod got hurt again.
1: So my question is is
3: that if Davis Mills if he plays these last five games like he did last year? Where it got all the Texans fans excited and stuff like that. Do you still think that a QB for a first pick in the draft, we would actually go a different oh, route? I was oh, waiting God. for somebody I to ask that. this.
1: I was waiting oh, no. for this question. Oh no! Well. No, nah, I feel you. I feel you. We yeah. talked about this on the show today too. I don't think there's anything Davis Mills can do that will change the way they look at bringing in another quarterback. I don't think he's like gonna shoot them away for many reasons. A, I don't. I don't think that he's good enough to to do that he he seems to have regressed uh but i mean i i just don't see any scenario where in these final five games davis mills plays himself into uh them feeling comfortable running it back with davis
0: and i i would say if it's back-to-back years where a it took benching him for two weeks for whatever reason mental reset whatever it may be if that's what it takes back-to-back years, then I have – that's a concern. To, that is a concern. I mean, that that should be my immediate red flag. If he, if he can't – because we see it with him on the field. He has some mental issues handling certain situations when, when the game doesn't go the way it needs to go. You know, you see him. He gets happy feet. He doesn't – his throwing motions get out of whack. That's where the accuracy issues come in. He starts feeling pressure that's, that's not there anymore. He's afraid to step up into the pocket and, you know, that just kind of just put all that together. It just really kind of cu- gives me a little bit of concern of running it back with him. And if he were to come out and light it up for the last five weeks of the season, Oh gosh, help us. It would be just even more fun on text and Twitter if that were to happen. So I appreciate no, I like that the nice question. We had anything the- else? But That's a great question. I
3: was just, yep. I was just it like, Oh, yeah. End of- and the last thing, so we know how that David Cully he got fired because he also wanted Tim Kelly to stay. So what if Lovey Smith actually might have an opportunity, but he still says, Hey, I want Pep to stay with me. That's my guy. Ooh. Are they gonna release him just because he's gonna do the same thing with David Cully does? Because this that's his guy, or are they just gonna fire both? Uh,
1: I feel like Lovey has thrown Pep under the bus without hesitation this year. Like it <laughs> I don't think like he's so hesitant to like say and anything bad every about week. Davis Mills. But it's every week. W- whether it's after week one, Sam Pierce needs to be our number one tailback, whether it's just calling out the offense as a whole. Uh, I, I kind of feel like Lovey is beat down by Pep Hamilton, too. I think he might be more beat down by Pep Hamilton than the fans are just because I listen to every damn word these guys say. Uh, because, you know, obviously it's kind of part of the gig. And man, Lovey does not. I mean, I don't, I don't feel like he's got much love for Pep right now
0: no all right leon i appreciate it buddy thanks for all the wonderful questions and thanks for the patience so who is the leading candidate for head coach i think it's a little early to say who would be the leading candidate there's plenty of names out there um but i think i think that's something that probably have to wait just a little bit longer
1: jonathan gannon has helped his cause man if they want to if they want to circle back to that good lord his stock is very do you high think right he
0: would now. even entertain it with the way I mean, the team handled that situation with him last year
1: i mean i don't know um i'm sure that he's going to get a lot of interviews but yeah i mean i don't know i don't know how bad it was or wasn't um it just
0: kind of hung him out to dry they wanted you know they wanted him to to take but, but easterby
1: was apparently a big part of that so yeah, maybe i don't know
0: yeah so I don't, maybe maybe that's Maybe that's not something that would even be something that Kissaria would entertain this time around. Um, let's see here. Random thought I had. Michael Thomas becomes available. Man, I don't. No, hell no. I don't want to be taking Absolutely flyers on, on, nah, I'm good on him. veterans like that. There's other nah, younger players to be I'm good. to spending money on, things like that. No. No, thanks. I had a, I had an off-the-wall question for you, Landry.
1: I love off-the-wall questions. That's kind of my specialty. So,
0: so Major League, going to the, the lottery system. You know, this is the first year for them. NBA's had it for years. Sean Payton, and I cannot remember what podcast he was on. It was
1: on The Herd on Fox Sports 1.
0: Where he said the league is trending towards that direction.
1: And he mentioned Caleb Williams as the reason why.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah, what is your take? What do you think? Do you think the NFL would benefit? I think they would
1: be able to make a damn good spectacle out of it. I mean, they they can make a
0: lot of the out of everything, out of the draft, free agency, and everything. There would be another huge selling point, yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think they would be able to make it a massive event. I think it's kind of dangerous, though. I think it would kind. I think the NFL has a really good thing going with parity or the opportunity to improve your team, Mm -hmm. and like if a team like. I don't know, like freaking Baltimore or something like if Baltimore doesn't make the playoffs. And then all of a sudden, whatever the chance is, the 2% or whatever, Baltimore gets the number one pick. And then all of a sudden they have Caleb Williams or Bryce Young or something like that. I just feel like the NFL would kind of lose one of the things that they have going for them, uh, which is parody. um, A chance when you get that number one pick, uh, to get it. And I also don't think like the NBA kind of has a tanking problem, even with the yes. lottery. I don't really think the NFL has a tanking problem. Like, I don't, I I, I feel like there's enough integrity. I feel like there's enough of like uh, just desire to win, whatever competitiveness and stuff guys playing for their jobs to where I don't think they really have much of a, much of a tanking issue. So I don't think it would solve problems. I think it would create though, uh, a buzz, and I also, but I also think it could create some problems. So I, I don't, I don't think Sean Payton's right about that.
0: Yeah, I, I I agree with you, and I there's definitely I don't think there's a a very clear taking taking problem either as well. And I think with the way contracts are built in the NBA and the way the CBA is built, that the things you can do with the contracts, with the buyouts, and the, the trading them for you know the way that they can facilitate trades. I think all that lends to a much easier path to tanking and you just can't do those kind of things in the NFL with, with contracts and with trading trading mechanisms that the, that the NBA has. So I agree with you. I just wanted to get your take on that. It was something I thought about the other day and it was thought it'd be a decent little talking point. Um, let's see here. I was going through I didn't really see any other too many other questions. I think we hit up a lot of things. I did have one other question on DM about Bryce Young and coming from. Is he too short? No, it was more so coming from O'Brien, coming from Alabama. You know, O'Brien, the question, the person posing the question made the impression that. That O'Brien utilizes Bryce Young in a similar fashion that he used Deshaun Watson.
1: Yeah. Save my and, ass. <laughs> yeah, it's very, it's very similar. A save my ass. Uh let's let the play clock get down to five and have confusion. Uh yeah. let's have poor blocking schemes and just save my ass. It's very similar.
0: Yeah. Very and much. Is there any concern for you know that kind of that. I
1: think it makes him better. I think it's making Bryce. I think it's making Bryce Young better to where when he goes to the NFL and he has a better offensive coordinator who knows how to play fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think. I think it's actually. I think it's actually going to make him better. I think he's actually building character right now. I think if Sark or Kiffin were still calling plays, I think Alabama's in the college football playoff. Um, I think O'Brien's been kind of the, kind of the kryptonite for the whole thing, and he's he still managed to. To have moderate success, he being brought, and I say moderate success by Bama standards. So, yeah, don't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know how that is. If you lose one game, it's like the end all be all. But yeah, yeah. If ever Kiffin or Sark calling plays, I think, uh, I think he might be he might be going for a second Heisman. He's that good. I think. I think he's that good.
0: Yeah, and then on the opposite end of the spectrum, when it comes from. Traits versus production. Then you got the opposite end with Anthony Richardson. Richardson saying project. he's going to go to the draft, huh?
1: Project man, this Oh, major a, project, be, major too. A lot of talent though. Um, yeah,
0: I mean he's cute. What six four? Can run. I mean, he's I mean it
1: would be cool if got an
0: arm strength. He just 50 percent completion pass. You know, it's just they
1: said that about Josh Allen. Um, yeah, and that's but that, be, but that was that, in, be in be Wyoming.
0: Yeah, and that's gonna be the quick the quick comparison is Josh Allen, but
1: Well, I mean, I think he is one of those guys where if uh let's say Cleveland pick is like seventeen, eighteen, um someone could fall in love with him and you maybe trade with someone who moves up. Um Will Levis is getting a lot of buzz. I'm I'm very intrigued to hear what the uh what the scouts say about Will Levis because yeah. um there's so someone compared him to I, it was it was Kavanaugh this week with me on uh, my YouTube channel, uh, Carson Wentz, where Carson Wentz will do like things that look as elite mm-hmm. as possible, and then he'll do stuff. What the hell was that? Mm-hmm. Uh, type of stuff. So that's going to be. I'm really interested to to see what they say about Levis. I think Levis is a first round guy, uh, for sure. I think he goes. I don't. I don't know when Anthony Richardson's going to go, but those are those two guys that I mean. Josh a lot of times when when someone does what Josh Allen does people just keep trying to find the next one and they fall on their ass because you're not it's not going to happen but those are two guys that I think the dialogue is going to be kind of similar to what it was with Josh Allen.
0: Yeah. I don't know and it, I was listening to Dane Brugler Dane Brugler He's the best.
1: He's he's hands down no questions asked he's the best draft guy and Kavanaugh Kavanaugh does stuff with him so it's the same pipeline but Dane Brugler is hands down the goat
0: he said today the initial you know he sent his little burst message to the scouts and the initial feedback is he can go anywhere Richardson can go anywhere probably from pick 15 to pick 60 and okay, nobody really that. knows right now until they get him in interviews, get him on the whiteboard, put the film up and say, what are you seeing here? Things like that to try to evaluate his football IQ. Cause you know, the traits are there and you hope the, the accuracy can come with time.
1: He seems but, like a good kid, man. Like he, seemed, yeah. he does seem like a real, he does seem like a really, really good kid it sucks that we can call prospects kids now, but I think we we've, <laughs> we've gotten to that point. As soon as I saw, uh, and I brought this up on the show. As soon as I saw Will uh, from Will and Brad O, uh, the Rockets YouTube. Uh, as soon as I saw that, saw him say, "Not know who Bill Parcells was." I said, "All right, I, I'm, I'm done." Is this 20? I guess he's 20, 21, 22. As soon as I saw that, I said, "All right, I'm, I'm going to start calling these guys kids now." I've gotten to that point.
0: Hot take: Four QBs go in the top 20.
1: We always hear that. And it was interesting,
0: and and on that same podcast today with with Dane, he w- they were talking about how nil is going to cause not to have as many uh, potential quarterbacks available on late day two and through day three because of the contracts.
1: They stay in college and make yeah. a couple million, yeah. And big man on campus and develop, which I actually think is going to be good for quarterback development. I'm in mean, like. Some of these guys these are guys that
0: you can get in you know fourth, fifth round that you know may never be a starter, but maybe quality, maybe a good quality backup for four years at a at a low cost with the rookie contract. But yeah, when you have guys in the seventh round that are making that have a contract worth four and a half million dollars over four years, but they can may stay back and make another one point five million in NIL. Yeah. It's just added a whole new element to on top of the transfer portal, just a whole new element to who's going to declare for the draft, which underclassmen are going to come up. And it was just a really interesting discussion, something I hadn't really hadn't really thought about.
1: No doubt. And I think there's going to be like more fully developed seniors that are maybe even more mature. They're more polished and stuff like that because they're going to be willing to stay that extra year instead of like testing the waters, maybe prematurely. I actually think it's really, really good uh, for those types of kids. I wonder what Spencer Rattler is going to do. Um, He needs to stay another year um yeah. he's always been kind of like the the business type of type of guy but like there's there's guys like that wonder what's going to happen with him um but yeah i think that i think the nil definitely uh it has some i think it has some good benefits for the nfl for a lot of these kids for a lot of these prospects no doubt
0: Yeah. all right well i think that's about all i had i think we've about run out of uh questions there's a few more comments coming through but nothing we haven't already haven't already touched on be a uh, a lot more to get through as well see then i say that and then wonder what will happen with hinden hooker what His do you
1: think probably he could be i could see it being day four or three excuse me three not four they yeah they uh round four something like that he's 25 man like, yeah, he's, like turned, that's he's,
0: the, he's gonna turn 26 during the season yeah
1: yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. He's going to turn twenty. I think he turns twenty five in January. He's he's older than Trevor Lawrence. I think he's like a year younger than, or yeah, a year younger than Lamar Jackson. Like, yeah. um, he was already going to be really interesting because he's twenty five. Um, and you'd say, well, what does that matter? Quarterbacks play this long. A lot of times, from twenty two to twenty five, like you have physical developments, and you know when you get someone who's a little bit raw, he's not a finished product. I think Hooker's going to be interesting. I think I think he's probably going to be day three because uh, now you're adding in that torn ACL and the age of 25 uh, on top of you know how he works systematically and whatnot. But, yeah, he's going to be like the darling of day three where people are like, where is Hinden Hooker? And you're going to see him on Mel Kuyper's best available. Where is Hendon Hooker going to go? Great value to get, yeah, yeah, yeah he's gonna be like a day he's gonna be like a day three it's gonna be like an emotional uh emotional scene wherever he's watching it the crib or whatever with his family and stuff but yeah i think that's what's gonna happen with him and i think a lot a lot of people didn't know he was 25 um but he is he's 24 years old yes <laughs> he is he's <laughs> he he turning 25 years old in january yes he is all right well i think we will close it down with
0: that um had a lot of a lot of good interactions tonight i appreciate everybody listening in landry i appreciate the the time again sir make sure y'all subscribe to the cap and trade youtube channel hit that subscribe button hit that like button down below subscribe to to landry's channel the locker room he's pumping out content daily if not more if not twice a day so make sure you're watching all that and like i said appreciate everybody listening in landry hope you have a good evening sir
1: you too, my friend.
0: All right, well with that we'll shut it down. Everybody have a good evening. Thank you.